That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Jobber Knocker Podcast, the latest Jobber Knocker Podcast it is. Of course, I'm Nestlemania, alongside for the ride is a man that tore his peck, folks, but still muscles his way through a podcast each and every week with me, JC. I did tear my peck, and that's holding me back. But Nestlemania, as I try to reach for my omnipotence, there's one other thing holding me back, and it's you! <laughs> We'll get there. A lot of Close fun stuff, WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I actually hit the microphone, too, and I took off my sunglasses. I watched everything. But this was a really fun week in wrestling. We have Hell in a Cell, where we're going to start. We had In Your House on Saturday with NXT. I thought it was one of the more entertaining Raws. Uh, a couple twists and turns there uh, in a while. And uh, we'll also hit on some AEW stuff at the end, obviously. We have uh, big promos, champions, uh, interim titles, this and that, and the other thing. So a lot to talk about WrestleMania, but we got to talk Hell in a Cell. And I think we go a little backwards here today, because I think the lead is the torn pack. I think it is Cody because I, like everyone else, when Cody Rhodes took off his jacket and you saw the fucking bruising, that place went silent. And I think we're all just like, holy shit. Like we had seen the reports about Cody was injured, whatever. He tore it off the bonus bad. So you figured it'd be bad, but the visual of it. And then just watching that match, which was a long, grueling 25 to 30 minute match. I thought the commentary was wonderful for it. Cause WrestleMania, Cody had already solidified himself as maybe the biggest baby face in wrestling right now. But uh, if he wasn't before he is now, Oh my goodness. Was that a performance and him and Rollins? Like, I mean, we can talk about match of the year. I think there were two matches on this card that could probably fall into that category. Maybe I know we're still early in the year, but I was just blown away by that main event. I, you know, it's funny. You sit there and you, and you think about a torn peck, right? And you, the only thing that I can equate it to in my head is that you probably can't lift your arm, right? So it not hurts. easily. It hurts. And then you think about the triple H torn peck. I think he had with that Saudi Arabia match and he had that giant bruise and then you know, our boy on the on the on the ground, Ray, was saying to us, "It's a gnarly one." And I was like, "How gnarly could it be?" And all I could think about was when he took the jacket off and had the grimace, and then just slowly revealed it. That's WWE, right? Like it was an anticipation. They gave you the information. You thought about it all night. You thought, "Oh God, how long is he going to be gone?" Right? You thought about, "Is he going to be gone, or is he going to Cena up and come back in a week?" You know, or whatever. But like. You never know, right? So he's Cena often came back the same day. He's like <laughs> the next day, you know, Cena's Cena, but that's he's a different animal, right? So he's the goat for a reason. But he's coming back too, by the way. Yeah, I saw that, and I made me. Excited. I don't think that's by mistake. No, uh, of with course what not. Happened. <laughs> no, he's coming, and I'm excited. So, uh, besides that, though, you know, you get into the the whole thing. Hell in a Cell usually is this gruesome, obviously, and someone made a joke. You know, Cody wants blood in Hell in a Cell. Obviously, Cody and blood go together, but it can't happen in WWE. But they did a great job of pulling the bull rope, the bull rope out, 
uh, because that's Dusty's thing and Dustin's thing, and now it's a Cody thing. That was cool. Call back. The polka dots. We can't underplay the polka dots. What a great mind game Seth was playing with Cody Rhodes himself. And then, uh, like to me, what I thought was wonderful was they still told a match. And these are the things that I love the most, right? Like, we know wrestling is predetermined, right? But we we felt an emotion for that guy because we knew that was a real injury. He was gutting it out for the people in the crowd, for the people at Peacock and, and anybody watching at home, all this jazz. And he just did it because he knew if he had stubbed his toe and went away, he would have probably just, you know, been another guy. But now what Cody Rhodes did, in my opinion, is he has his own lore, his own folklore, because Yes, he's been Dusty's kid. Yes, he's been Dusty's, you know, Dustin's brother, right? And he's done all these awesome things on his own. But I think this was a very specific Cody moment. And I think that's very important going forward because he can, he can win the championship and we're all going to lose it, right? We're all going to be excited when he does it because it's finally there. The first one is the big one. Uh, but this is a moment for Seth and for Cody. I don't want to underplay Seth either. I thought they did a great job. And I thought Seth did a great job I wouldn't say carrying the match, but I think he traffic copped it in a way that he knew what he was doing and he's there for a reason. So I think that you can come out and go, uh, uh you know, you can do all and that. Polka stuff. dots, by the way. Yeah, he did. He did the polka dots. I said that. Yep. But I think that he did a great job. He's a sportsman, but he's also an entertainer. And I just love watching this entire thing because I was severely thinking to myself, this was going to be handcuffed. And I was amazed through the brutality, but I was amazed through just the gutty, guttiness of it all like it's gutting it out and getting it done so kudos to everybody involved i thought they did a great job setting up the night which i think was very important but they also capitalized on it i think the crowd got more than their money's worth obviously because the poor guy basically had one arm and i think that's the one thing that you hit on is that i mean more often than not when a guy gets this injury it's just like 99 percent of people like i would anyone would just like be like i can't perform it is what it is but part of the reason why i've always loved cody is he just like He's different, and it's not saying that he's better than other people because he's not. It's just, like, he's a fucking psycho, man. And, like, he loved, like, all all the shit he says about him loving it, like, that's not bullshit because the way you look at it, if you look at this pay-per-view, there's no Roman Reigns, there's no Ronda Rousey, there's no main title. The Cody Rhodes Seth Rollins is what sold this pay-per-view. It's what sold out that arena. He was the poster. He was the fucking chairs on the seats that the premium people got to sit on and spent all the money. So for him, like, it was just one of those things, like, you know, in his mind, he was like, I have to do this for them. Like, no matter what, I have to go out there and do this because I owe it to the fans. And not like, I mean, a lot of people like to say they can do that or whatever, but Cody actually, like, that's who he is. He's a fucking psycho. So to me, like, seeing all that and, like, watching it, like, as a, as shocking and amazing as it was, it's just like, part of me also was not surprised because this is what I've come to expect from Cody is that this motherfucker will fucking die in that rain for us if he has to, just because, like, he cares, and he cares too much some of the time, but, like, that's what makes Cody Cody. So, I mean, it's just, like, that was awesome. It sucks that it was crazy, and we'll probably talk about it on Monday with that problem, but when he was like, I'm going to try to be back in four weeks, I was like, oh, my God. I, that 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 injury is usually, I think, like, six to nine months. Cena, obviously, I think, did it in, like, what was it, four? Three, three or four, yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, anything's possible. And, I mean, if with an eight-man ladder match, which Money in the Bank usually is, there's ways you could probably hide it if all you had to do was climb. Um, but grabbing might be the issue, actually, because you got to balance with one hand and grab with the other. But I don't know. That's either near or there. We'll get there as to Money in the Bank as we get closer. But I thought this was a fantastic main event. We can kind of jump around this card because the other match that I was uh, referring to actually kicked off the show, and that was the Raw Women's Triple Threat match between Bianca, Becky, and Asuka. This match set the tone for the night of what I thought was one of the better pay-per-views uh, probably all year. And these three women fucking put on a fantastic performance. We know all three of them are three of the best they have to offer. Bianca's like undefeated in terms of big matches on the main roster. Becky, since she's come back, has had nothing but hits. And we know Asuka delivers. The chemistry's there. I thought this match, it had so many fun things in it. They gave it time. Like a lot of this card, every match I thought had time. But these three women, I thought, put on a hell of a performance. I was surprised because I was sitting there, uh, full disclosure, everybody's watching the Celtics game, obviously, because it's the Celtics, or we're working the Celtics game. And then, of course, I was, uh, you know, I, I didn't have all my knocker guys with me, uh, but I had my boy, the Joe Stopper, for most of it. And then, of course, our, our boy, Mr. Grimm, did show his face towards the end of the main event. But I will say this much. When I was watching it, talking to Joe, we were watching it, and all I could think about was, yeah, they make the joke about how I don't like Becky Lynch's leg drop, right? But... Besides that, I thought she did a great job doing what she does, right? Like, she stayed exactly in her wheelhouse. She didn't go and do uncharacteristic things that Becky Lynch does, which I think sometimes she has a tendency to do, and I think that's because she gets so excited about the possibilities of doing random things. But the one thing that I really, really enjoyed was that you can sit there and parade out Bel Air as much as you want because she's such a feel-good story, and she sits on the sidelines while other people are fighting, you know, for Raws and stuff like that. But the one thing that I really enjoyed about this was the finish. Because I felt like Becky Lynch previously, storyline-wise, dumped everybody out to win or dumped to get her advantage. Mm -hmm. And then Belair was smart enough when it counted to get the one up on the, you know, big-time Bex. So for me, I, I really appreciated that because I, there was a part of me when I saw Asuka take the pin, I was like... Well, who else is going to take the goddamn pin? Which made me upset in a way, right? That's why it's a triple threat. But then I thought, are we really going to... She the finish, though, so... And I was, just, I, was, I was just happy that on Monday we didn't go back to Becky Lynch saying that she needed another title match because I feel like... Well, she, she got one. Well, yeah, but she didn't get the one, <laughs> you know? But... Uh, <laughs> I can't so, wait to talk about that. It's just it's hard, right? It's hard to, to 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 equate it to something, but it was very it was very difficult to put into words how excited I was for that. And I I don't know if it's a to me I don't know if it's a match of the year candidate. Uh, it's definitely a very good match. Go back and watch it if you haven't. Uh, but uh, those women went uh, you know balls to the wall, no pun intended. But they they went they went all, all out for it. For sure, for sure. And those bookended the show, so it was already a very good show. I thought everything else here, for the most part, was really good. The third match for me that I thought was a standout, and I know we make fun of six-man tags all the time. This was obviously a funky one with the four men and the two women, but the Judgment Day uh, club match, if you want to call it that, I had a blast watching this. It's just there was a they had tons of time. Like obviously we know all six of the people in the rain are people who are either very established and very good, or there's some up and out of the up and comers, especially for the woman. I really enjoyed the live uh, Ripley stuff 
in there. They have great chemistry. I've never seen AJ or Finn not be entertaining to me. And then obviously we know Edge and Priest are also very good. So I really enjoyed this. It was a fun match. It was one of those where it's like we don't often get these six-person matches like that have like stakes. But this one, like this feud has been such a fun ride and not even more fun on Monday that we'll get there. That this one, like I was just on the edge of my seat because not only was I enjoying the action, which you usually get in these types of uh fast-paced matches but it felt like there was more there and judgment day getting the big statement win i thought was big even with what happened the next night yeah and i think you're 100 uh, percent correct with that but the one thing that i i started laughing at like for me internally was so like I, i'm not the biggest Liv morgan fan i know throw me throw a shoe at me whatever but then when i saw her come out and i saw her doing the ha ah, I was like, God damn it. She's just so adorable. You know, she's likable, man. She's just, that's she what is, it is with her. She's just like, there's something about her where it's just like, I just want to hang out with the chick and like get to, to just, just to see how fun she is. Right. So then like, okay, great. She did. But then to me, the tellingness of this entire thing for me was like Rhea, that match was built for Rhea and live like the other four men we knew could do whatever, but you know, AJ Styles had to unfortunately take a, you know, a powder because he, Injured himself <laughs> with his face. I don't know how that happened. Um, but then he came in with his forearm and then had to leave. But God damn it, did I feel like Rhea Ripley, this match was entirely laid out to make Rhea Ripley great. And, and I think Liv hung in there and did a lot of great stuff with her too. And then, of course, the ending, you know, standing in front of Finn and then Edge getting, you know, the pinfall, which I thought was very telling of where we where I thought we were headed. And then, of course, on Monday, we turned it on its head. Um, but... I, I agree. I don't like six-man or six-person tags. Uh, obviously, they get me very, very upset because there's no rhyme or reason to them. But at least this one brought me to the water, and I had to drink it because, you know, it was decent. Yes, I'm a horse, if that's what you're wondering. Uh, we also had in the uh, second-to-last match, the U.S. title match. It was nice to see one of the mid-card titles being defended on pay-per-view, but... With Theory, who's Vince McMahon's guy and one of the future stars here. I think we're going to see more appearances from it, especially with what happened on Monday. But uh, I really enjoyed uh, how this one played out. Obviously, Mustafa Ali's from Chicago. He got the hometown welcome. Like I said, he had to he had to lose as much as it sucks. We'll see. Hopefully, he's not on main event every week like he was this week. But, man, there's just – the more and more I see of Theory, man, the more I just love him. And that's why, like, we mentioned John Cena coming back. Like, I think we've been talking about it here, like, me and you for, like, a couple months here, just, like, in jest of, like, when Theory Cena happens, it's going to be awesome. And all I could think of when John Cena posted that, like, uh, like the Instagram, Instagram yeah. of uh, KO stepping on his US title was I instantly thought Theory and Cena and I thought SummerSlam and Cena coming back June 27th that would give him time to do something else before we get into that but like I was excited for that because man Theory really is the future of this company he is one of those guys the more and more I see him it's just like this dude has it all he literally has it all and I just I enjoy it and I thought him and uh, Ali have good chemistry so this was a highlight for me as well I marked out really hard for the Michael Jordan gear and then the Captain America US title gear I was like mm -hmm. this is this is great and I I completely forgot that uh you know that Chicago was the place for Hell in a Cell and they were like Chicago's on I'm like oh well that's a way to get a pop that was cool um and and he got his time you know it wasn't a lot of time but he got his time so Congratulations to both of them. I thought they put on a great match. Again, I personally love this feud. I, I would want to continue it to a rivalry and many you know iterations of it. And uh, seeing a little trading of the titles wouldn't hurt, per se. But that's just me. That's just me. 
Um, there are other things on this program that I think we could probably run through pretty quickly if you'd like. Yeah, and I think we can kind of cover um, what happened with SmackDown with this guy, too. Uh, obviously, Mad Cat Moss is back. He returned with a new look, as you requested Nestlemania, a serious look. It's more of the Riddy Mo look, but just like when I saw Mo, uh, Mad Cat come out, I was just like, he looks like what if Vince McMahon could create a wrestler that's what he would look like. And that to me, it's just like, he's also a guy where for like for kids or like casuals, they see him and he's believable no matter what he does. So I was thrilled with like the new appearance. People can be like, Oh, it was a little generic. It's like, whatever. That's fine. Some guys like that, that look jacked and whatever, like need to look like a wrestler. We have so many guys on the programs that don't necessarily, they're walking down the street. They might not look like a wrestler. Uh, Mad Cat Moss looks like a wrestler and he and Corbin had, I thought was a really fun match. Corbin has just, man, he is just pushing this guy to the moon. So I'm excited to see what's next for Mad Cat. Corbin's going to be fine. No matter what he does, he'll find the next baby face to build up because that's what he does. But I really enjoyed this match too. And the crowd was into it, which I'm loving to see is that Mad Cat is getting big baby face reactions. So this has been a huge success for them. And I think that the ending to this match was good, right? So we had the mm-hmm. we had the chair with the trophy. The, or no, was, it, was it the trophy? No, it was uh, the chair with the Corbin stairs. Corbin did it with the trophy, yeah. yeah this Not capped with it, yeah. That, that was, but that, I appreciate that, right? So now we're back to storytelling again. We're back to an eye for an eye, and that's fine. And I'm assuming at some point we'll get a third match between, or maybe actually this is the first match. We'll get another match. Uh, with Corbin and Madcap, I don't know if I like the name Madcap anymore. With what we're doing, I I get it. It's we've already had the equity into it. Um, I, our boy, the Joe Stopper, who is a plethora of r- ridiculous knowledge, said something about Madcap is apparently about like losing your mind or something like that. I don't know how that transpires into the character, but it is what it is. Um, but again. When anybody says, oh, he's wearing black tights, black boots, I mean, it worked for Goldberg, it worked for Steve Austin, so I'm not not comparing Riddy Moe to those guys, but I mean... He has a physique, he should be able to show it off. I mean, I think the suspenders were getting in the way, personally, and I think... Yeah. The, uh, I nope. enjoyed them, but, like, it was time to move on. Like, Madcap is moving on. This was him moving on, which was, I think is a big step. It's a graduation. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, or you want to move into the rest of it? Um, KO one, which, uh, surprised me. I don't remember who I picked. Um, and then obviously like the, the low point was probably the Lashley match, but I didn't hate it because I fucking loved the Lashley celebration because this is what I've been saying. Once Dashi was done, he has to move on to a title. Obviously he grabbed the replica WWE title from a fan, which the fan was like, yeah, take it. And he was like going around. Bobby Lashley is more over now than he will ever be in his entire life. And we can make fun of like people who watch every week of this Lashley and Omos feud. But if I talk to people who don't really pay attention to wrestling, like they want to see this because it's two fucking huge guys beating each other up. The YouTube views and everything else like that Omos is in, like it's always one of the peaks every week. Like it just, they say big med draw, they do. So as, as much as like this was probably the low point for us as like people who watch every week and stuff, like there's a reason why it's here. And Lashley's at a point, it obviously appears how him in theory might have a thing, but like, Lashley Reigns, man, you got to do it soon. Obviously, they're doing Riddle, but it's like Lashley Reigns is like a big time main event you can go to at some point. Maybe they do it later. Who knows? But like now would be the time for me, honestly. I would think that it goes to SummerSlam. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I know we have supposedly Riddle and then maybe Randy Orton, which is fine. As much as I love Randy Orton and I do, I think Lashley's on a streak, right? You got to push it. You got to move it. You got to do it. Now you don't. Know, he's, he's a hot. He's a hot wax man. You got to use the hot wax. Yeah, you got It's a heat check. You got to let him shoot. You got to let, let him shoot a shot. So I look at it like that, right? Like you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get him in while you can, because then it's gonna cool off. 
And I honestly, I didn't think Bobby Lashley babyface this time around was going to be as good as Bobby Lashley the heel because that was so incredible. Yeah. Um, and and again, you can make fun of the promo or whatever, but he did a great, he did a good enough job, I guess, with Theory because I feel like Theory was better in the promo department there. But well, I'd be curious. Yeah, it's not a fair fight. <laughs> no, it's not. But I just love that he was like Mr. McMahon's protege. Like just the way he just says his words and cadence. I I I listen to that stuff, and I think believability wise, that's important. When you talk, you got to sound like you know what you're talking about. Theory does. Bobby was just like, well, you know, Omos. Is it? It's just like, oh god, oh god, this guy's got you know. But again, he matches it or over delivers with his intensity, so I'm okay with it. You know, but yeah. And- it's soft spoken. I just it's it's odd. It's an odd juxtaposition of how hard and intense he is in the ring versus Bobby Lashley. Like, hi, I'm Bobby. You know, it's just yeah, it's a little odd. And that's why I just think like him being over right now is just so organic because obviously it was this big heel and we really became to appreciate Bobby Lashley and MVP obviously deserves a big part of that for what he played. But it was just like the crowd, especially like when you have like kids out there and people like they just see this guy and he's like rah rah, he's going against the big bad guy. Just like it's working. But what I do think because you mentioned SummerSlam, like that's why I would love to have had like Roman Bobby now because I sure feel like at SummerSlam we're getting Lashley Lesnar too. Uh, in an out of actual fight, that's not going to have like the shenanigans probably um, with Brock back as a heel again. I think that's a money match. And, you know, maybe that's why theory is kind of the thing. Cause maybe Brock returns to like, you know, that's how theory gets the win over Bobby. So it doesn't damage Bobby, but then theory can be like, I beat Bobby Lashley. So it's just, that's what immediately came to mind for me as we're moving towards money in the bank. Cause both these guys could be in money in the bank and then they could have their match at I don't know, whatever it's before SummerSlam. I don't know, I can't even keep track anymore, but that's kind of where I look to. That's fair. Moving on, you want to get into the rest part of the show? Yeah, always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose, the measuring stick, who defended her title in a great match against Wendy Chu at In Your House. She's still the champion because Toxic Attraction reigns supreme. We get into the shine, WrestleMania, and I mean, Raw kicked off with Cody Rhodes. He said he was kicking off the show, so I tuned in live because I had to see it. And he, like, when he's on TV, I'm just, it's gripping television. Like, he tells such a good story. I popped big for Seth coming out and showing the respect. I'm like, there's no fucking way that this segment ends. They started playing the music early, and he's doing the slow walk. I'm like, Seth's going to fucking, I call it the Tommaso Champa now. He's going to champa him at the last minute when you least expect it. That's what happened. I love the sledgehammer. Nice storytelling. Uh, Curtis Axel got on TV again, as well as every other producer as they came to break it up. But as much as, like, every time we get to have, like, a game now where whenever Cody says he's done with Seth, that means he's not done with Seth, but the reason why I'm okay with this is because I think this is just a deep tease. We know Cody's going to be out for a while, but we know when he comes back, he's going to want that title. Well, A, Seth could have a chance to have that title if he wins Money in the Bank, so I don't mind the way they left this. Plus, it's one of those things. If you're Cody just beat Seth 3-0 in a series. Seth is obviously indestructible. He's going to be fine, but Cody's going to be on the shelf for a bit, so you need to give some momentum back to that guy because Seth's going to be around and this was the perfect way because now who cares if Seth lost uh, the three matches in a row Seth is still there and Cody isn't because Seth isn't injured so Seth got that big win there so to me like I thought this from start to finish was just perfect I enjoyed it I uh, I uh, really I want to know what was said with the uh, when he got in close to his ear I think that's important I think that'll be a storytelling standpoint somewhere down the line they, they always go back to that stuff in some way like what did he say yeah um, which was a nice little, you know, thing, I guess. But I, 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 I vomited a little in my mouth when he said he was going to go try to do Money in the Bank. I'm like, what are you in? Like, obviously he's insane. But in my head, I'm thinking about, yeah, I know. 
He's a homer, folks. Adrenaline in my soul. In my soul. Uh, but no, something, something's got to be. I feel like that's how everyone sings yeah, it. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, but yeah, and it's just like um, my favorite part of this entire thing is just like how many times can they continue doing the the recaps of like Cody got hurt next hour, Cody got hurt next hour. It's like they really believe that Cody Rhodes is a needle mover. So as much as I thought that it would be, I mean, he is. But here's we'll, the thing. we'll talk about what happened later in the night, and then right. we mentioned the Cena thing. But like WWE is making some big shifts because of this, because he was the guy, especially with Roman being part time right now. I think the other thing yeah. for me is just, well, I, you kind of said it already, but when I look at this standpoint of like the babyface things, like it's just he's very good. Like don't get me wrong, Cody's very very good. But all I could think about was you had him in the palm of your hand in this promo. And he's just like saying words that are just way, that are $5 words, right? And I'm just thinking to myself. He's always been like that. No, I know, <laughs> I know. And I don't know if it's a complex of, of, of something inside of him internally. But all I could think about was, so why say Metropolis when you can say City? But it, whatever. It, 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 he's a tryhard. He I, always is. But it's, always just, it's just like, I get it. You probably study the dictionary. You're a, I mean, heel-wise, he's going to be great when he does that omnipotence bullshit. Oh, can't wait. Actually, wins the title, yeah, turn him heel right away, please. Be, that's but what I just, want. It's just funny to me how like, He's such a great baby face, but he's going to be even better as a heel. You know what I mean? Like he's really going to, he's going to get to a point where it's going to be better. And I, I, I don't know if this makes a difference now that he's injured, but if he beats Seth Rollins, does that take away from the moment, even just a percentage, if he, if he had, if he's the guy that beats Roman first, right? Like in a, in a hypothetical world, are you putting more weight on it? if Roman Reigns loses to Cody Rhodes in that huge moment or a huge moment is a huge moment, no matter who he beats. Um, I think if it's not Roman, I think Seth's the guy, uh, cause that would be make a lot of sense. But yeah, no, obviously like I think in a perfect WWE world, which it might actually play out like this now with this injury is that they can have Cody win the rumble and beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Like I think in a perfect world, that's what they want. If they're not going to do the rock or whatever, but like, I think Seth holding that money in the bank contract is just like the nice little thing because Seth can be like, I'm going to ruin your moment after everything you did to me. And so it's one of those things that I think could always be there. Or like, it's one of those things I like, it just, I I don't know. It's I, there's so many things they can do with it. And I'm honestly, WrestleMania. I don't want to rule out that Cody's not going to be in money in the bank. Cause like I said, you have eight people in that match he could come in, get knocked out early, take a fucking nap like the winners always do, and then climb. And then, yeah. like, him and Seth are up there, and he knocks Seth off, and maybe they do the Zack Ryder Mismo. I don't know. Just, but, the, like, the reason why the Money in the Bank one, this really hurts, this injury, is because I remember that Road Scholars uh, Money in the Bank so clear in my mind because being the Cody fan I was, like, that was his fucking moment. And they took it away and gave it to Santa, who was great. But it was just like, that was WWE's chance to be like, all right, Cody, it's your time. Because I felt like I'm like, he's ready now. If not, then it's like, it's not going to happen anytime soon. And that's what happened. It didn't happen. Sandow threw him off the ladder when they were the tag team, won it. And then he obviously uh, lost. Uh, he didn't actually become world champion. So that really made it twist a little more in me. But that was like kind of that's then when it devolved into like the Stardust and all the other stuff for Cody. So money in the bank always feels like the, the like the breaking point of Cody's first run. So in terms of like the story for me as a fan, like I was looking at it like, yeah, I could see Cody winning money in the bank and calling his shot somewhere for it, you know, and maybe it would like kind of like Drew did. Drew's like, I'm going to challenge you in four months. Yeah. And it's just like, 
okay, what are you going to do until then, you know? You're basically so, telling us that, like, <laughs> I mean, when Max said to him, I'm going to challenge you at Cardiff, I'm thinking, well, shit, well, he, I don't give a fuck. Did he say fuck. Roman? No, he did say Roman. He did oh, he say did. Roman. And I was like, I think about was, okay, great. Now I don't care about anything Roman Reigns does till September. Which that's why he's fighting Riddle because it'll be a fun feud. It'll be a fun know he's feud, not gonna win. But anyway, I just want to say this. You you mentioned it, but I just wanted to put emphasis on this. Imagine Cody Rhodes finally wins that fucking thing, and Seth Rollins not ten minutes later cashes in on his ass. Like, dude, it's, that's that's 100%. it. That's it. Because then you still it. you have the Cody chasing Roman, yep. which will be money. You get that instant moment, yep. and then you take it away instantly, oh, yeah. and now you have the build for him to get it back. Right. It's just like. Because yep. think about his story. Like his dad, obviously, like it isn't in the books that he was champion, but he thought he won. Like for a moment, he was like, oh my God, I won. Then it was taken away. So to have Cody win it, hold it for like, like I'm fucking barely at all. A sip of coffee, not even a cup of coffee, a sip of coffee before he loses it again. That just like adds to the story. And then it's just like Seth holds this thing and then Cody can go win the Rumble or whatever. Like there's so many things that they could do with it with money in the bank. And that's why this hurts. They can still do a ton of things, but it's just like this shit is so fucking compelling, man. It's so compelling. And you want it. And it, the hard part's going to be, I think what the money in the bank cash in directly after his first win is you're like kind of double, double dipping it. So I think it's okay. Yeah. But then after that, it's like, you got to give him, you got to give him time. Let him. Yeah. Let then him once breathe. he wins it, he'll yeah. hold it for a while. Yeah. And then he'll have to turn heel eventually because like every great baby face, like it doesn't last forever, but who knows? I mean, this is, I mean, honestly, the, this, the way that Cody is right now, the way he's being booked, the way the fans are treating him, it's the closest thing to like a Cena baby face thing we've seen. I'm not saying he's that, and maybe he can get there, but it's like, it's feels like the closest thing, like as a baby face. Cause we know WWE makes great heels, man. They always do, but it's hard to do baby faces. And Cena was such an anomaly like that the way Cody is. Cause it's just like, it feels like all he has to do is smile and he gets a bigger reaction than anyone on the show. It's just like, we all adore him right now. He's just, that's how it is. It just, it's not going to last forever, but right now, man, oh, it's adrenaline in my soul. He either has the uh, fake Cody smile or it's like, hi, or he does this other scowl or he's just like, Either way, it's great. It's right, yeah, whatever. So I, I just, just I love him. I, I just, just do. I love him. I just can't. I, I when he does the thing where he's like, uh, like he did it there in the Seth promo before Helen Selly he was just like, uh, yeah, where he like bites his lip. Bites his lip. Like, uh, it's like a like a dog eating a steak. Uh, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Our boy Aaron's back. Hey, Aaron. Good to see you, bud. What's up, guys? Glad to be on another live. Hope you all doing great. We're do we are doing great. It's a Tuesday. You're here. We're having fun. We're talking Cody. We're talking Seth. We're talking injuries. We're talking all sorts of nonsense. So we're having a good time. Uh, but something I want to switch gears into, I think you would probably want to talk about a little bit, was uh, the Judgment Day. <laughs> so before you do that, did you know that Judgment Day was missing an E? Because I certainly didn't. Uh, I guess when I spelled it out, I left off the E because it looked weird, but I never thought about it. I guess I, I was under the impression, and this is where I'm going to get some hate, the AEW people do the hashtag AEW Dynamite, spelled Dynamite wrong. So I thought that the hashtags that I was using yeah, really? was wrong. Yeah, that was a joke that like people that, you know how like Tony Khan said the AEW fans are like smarter and then they, somebody pointed to the hashtag saying that they didn't spell dynamite correctly. It was a whole thing. Anyway, so when I, I thought the judgment day was spelled incorrectly, I want to make sure I spelled judgment day correctly in the hashtag. But then yes, it was a two days ago uh, on Sunday when I was watching with Joe, he goes, no, it's spelled without the first E. And I was like, why would they do that? And then I thought your brain, like just my, my, my brain overloaded into JC land. And it was like, copyright, copyright, trade, trademark, trademark. They needed the judgment day, you know? So I'm assuming that's it. 
And then we get to Monday where, of course, they did a countdown clock for the new member. So honestly, I was excited. I thought they kind of not botched it, but they I felt like they didn't give a grand entrance for the man. They had the smoke going before he got there. I know they can't help that. But we had it happen. And uh, I'm curious your thoughts on it because I could go, I could hold off. We could talk about it. I have another hope in my head already, so it's okay if we want yeah, to Yeah, we don't – I will just talk about my reaction to it because Nestlemania. I love Finn Balor. We've known this. I've always loved Finn Balor. You know what also I love? I love, like, I love the idea of Finn Balor being in a club because it's just one of those things. It's like, like that's what we all – it's just one of those things. Like he started the Bullet Club, so it's like it's not a thing. WWE teases with this shit all the time. The thought of him joining as a member, like when we were going, they were talking about like, oh, we're going to reveal a new number. I was like, okay, it's going to be Balor or maybe it's a dark horse like Champa. Well, then we already seen Champa in the night at this point with a random attack, which I do want to talk about those because it's the most random thing going in wrestling right now is Champa randomly attacking people with no payoff. Um, but I was like, okay, well, it's just going to be Balor. Because I don't think it's going to be Liv. She's onto this number one contender thing. She's going to be in Money in the Bank. She's going to be one of the favorites to win there. Probably lose because she's our lovable loser. Um, and I'm like, AJ's hurt slash. I just, I don't see AJ following Edge around like a puppy dog. But I'm like, as much as I don't believe Finn would be a follower to Edge, it's one of those things where I think Vince would believe Finn could be a follower for Edge. So it's like, yeah, I guess I could see him as a new member. Then they could do Priest and Finn as a tag team if they wanted to. It's, Edge is the main face guy. So... When the turn happened, my jaw dropped and I smiled because I'm like, this is fucking cool. Because how often, especially in WWE on their weekly television, do we get something that surprises every single person watching? Almost never. Because a lot of stuff, like they do such a good job threading needles that we either see it coming or it's just like predictable or it's just like, eh. And this like Judgment Day thing is so new. And they just got the big win. And their fucking presentation is so cool for them to just flip this and have the two members turn on edge and Finn be joined with them it was just like so fucking cool to watch. I was like, Holy shit. That was well done. Cause I did not see it coming. I had no idea. And then looking at the visual with Finn in between these two young stalwarts, I'm like, this is cool because the big part, and I think you kind of tweeted about this too. I saw your tweet is that like, I, yes, if you want to label someone as a leader for this group, I guess you could say Finn. He was the one they put in the middle. He's the veteran. He kind of was the one that usurped edge a little bit, but part of the reason why priest and Rhea took out edge was because they felt like he was in their way as a leader. Cause he kept calling them his acolytes or whatever, or like his the punishment and, Yes, yeah, so pretty much like they were his henchmen. And I think for Priest and Rhea, especially Rhea, as we saw the post at the end of the night, is that these these people are ready to be like more faces of the franchise. So like Balor Club is for everyone, as our boy the Joe Stopper kept saying. So, and it's true because it's like we all stand together as one, like trying to get us as high as it was, as opposed to standing in Edge's shadow and being uplifted with him. We can all lift up each other together. And like Finn, like that's why I kind of look at him. If you want to label him as leader of this group, I have no issue with that because he's the veteran. He's the person that has experience as a leader. He's the one that kind of brought this together. But I think even he would be like, no, we're all doing this together because we're going to rise from the smoke together. So I thought this was cool. I'm excited to see where this would go because I want to see the AJ dynamic uh, when he comes back because obviously him and Finn have the relationship, but they were clearly the heels here and got the heel reaction and took out Edge, which again, I kind of alluded to this earlier about Cena suddenly being booked back. I think part of Edge, I'm assuming, is going to have some time off because he's Edge part-time. But I also think they realize, like, if Cody's going to be out six to nine months, so we need big-time baby faces, so... 
Edge is super over with the crowd. We'll bring back Metalingus. When he comes back, he'll get a huge pop. There's our fucking Band-Aid for Cody. So I thought this was a win-win-win. I thought this was really cool. And it was one of the more compelling, shocking segments on Monday Night Raw in a long time. All right, so I'm going to blow my hope here. I think I, I think it's, it's easier to do it here. You're just too excited. I am. I can't contain myself. Hand check for Jesus. So here's the other thing, right? So um, I, wanted, I wanted to go down two, two lanes with you, okay? Explore with me. Choose your own adventures, shall you? Uh, first off, right, I look at this like this. I don't believe that Finn is the leader. I think, like you said, it's an equality thing. They're all together. But if we had to get in this in the brain of the billionaire, I I uh, I, I tend to believe that he's he's for some godforsaken reason thinks Damian Priest is the leader. Like the the mm. amount the amount here's the thing that I would say right the amount of time Damian Priest had on that microphone yesterday on Monday was too much too much. But he was he was saying a lot of stuff and 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 saying what he meant and I get that he was the person doing that and I'm sure there's an you know a whole thing of here's you know Damian Priest and here's Edge and they're gonna have a match someday but I will say this that I have two trains of thought here one is I and Guthrie's with us so I'm assuming Guthrie will listen to this and think that I'm an idiot but that's fine I think that there is a way that somehow, some way, when Edge comes back, it is not going to be Edge against the Judgment Day. There's going to be some weird dynamic where he just like holier than thou goes, you've all learned the final lesson. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they're going <laughs> to do something like that where he's just like, I had to sacrifice myself to make you realize who you truly are. And I think that's where they're going to go with it. In one one direction, you could go that way. The other direction is people love Finn Balor. We're going to go down a different hallway now. People love oh. Rhea Ripley. Uh, you oh. tolerate Damian Priest, but he's cool looking and he does some cool shit, right? There is there is a real there is a real case to be made here, folks. This is my hope that when Edge comes back, somehow the roles are reversed. Edge is a heel, and these three bastards are a babyface team, which I think are going to be a badass babyface team. Because they are who they are. I know that we're going to get into the heel aspect of it for a while while Edge is gone, and that's fine. And Ripley's fighting Bianca, who's like right. the biggest baby face. Right. So we're, it's going to make sense for now. But I think when Edge comes back, eventually one of those two doors is going to open. No pun intended, forbidden door style. But I think it's going to happen because logically, those two things to me make perfect sense, right? They make absolutely perfect sense our boy Guthrie of course says the whole point of this isn't to have a leader which is why they took out edge it's perfect the idea behind the judgment day of these individuals to stand together on their own because they have been held back uh, I agree with Guthrie to a certain extent I think he definitely makes a great point of course Guthrie is a storyteller check out his amazing storytelling work right now on Amazon Prime I believe it's still on Amazon Prime uh, the, the graveyard gang which uh, has a lot of our friends in it. So there you go. And of course, Aaron says something here saying, I was loving the unexpected heel turn. It was great. Edge probably going to get his own team to take again to make a SummerSlam match or Survivor Series match against the Finn team. Now that's something I didn't think about. Um, I just, you know what's funny? Every time I see Edge, I'm like, we got to get Christian. We're not going to get Christian. That would be like the How long does he sign with AW? Because get that man away from the fucking Jurassic Park and get him back to the main stage. Let's get him out of the prehistoric times, back to the main times, baby. Every time I see Christian, I just have you screaming in my head. He's managing a dinosaur. 
but that's pretty much all he's doing. It makes me so sad. He is one of the I, most fluid best people in that ring. And he's I know Guthrie's with me. I just, he's, he's, he's a big peeps guy. I remember him doing that at Disney World when we were down there all the time. Captain Charisma, baby. Yeah. I just, it, it, it hurts my soul. Hurts my soul. But this Judgment Day without an E thing is is, is taking off, right? Like, maybe... <laughs> judgment without the E. Judgment without the E. You know what was weird, too, is the lower third had the Cutting Edge logo, too. So they're going to have to do all sorts of nonsense. Because the Cutting Edge thing was there, but... Well, I'm curious what the entrance will be now because Finn has one of the most popular entrance musics, but also like Edge, yeah, talks during the Judgment Day entrance. But as we saw, Rhea has her own music. We know Priest does. So I'm assuming it'll just be like probably their own musics, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they completely configure this, but I think either way, like this is fucking cool. For the love of God, for the love of God, don't do a fucking mashup. Like it, 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 like, here's the thing. I also, so I don't, I mean, Finn, Finn and Priest will probably fight together a lot, but I think Rhea's doing her own thing. Oh, yeah. So she'll have her own music, but I mean, they could easily just have Priest come out to Finn's music because everyone loves the, ah! I love it. Is he the last CFO guy? No, Bianca's CFO, Street okay. Profit CFO. There's still quite a few, but okay. it's only the really, out. really popular ones. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fine. All right, anything else you got, Shine Worthy? Uh, I do. Uh, we mentioned R- Rhea becoming the number one contenders. I like the way that played out because it makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess you can probably stop there. Let's get heady. Let's get into the heat. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, I will I will go over to SmackDown very quickly because I just I have to say this Drew with a New Day kilt makes me want to vomit a unicorn a unicorn color fucking rainbow color vomit everywhere every time I see it it's stupid I get it I get it I fucking get it but Drew McIntyre might as well be injured and come back in September because it's the same amount of things he's gonna be doing anyway but that's just me of course. We have some nonsensical things on SmackDown. We have a six-pack challenge, and it's a whole thing. Natty wins. Natalia, number one contender. <sighs> Yawn. She'll make Ronda look good like last time, but I just I don't care. Yep, of course. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say was that we had... This is the thing that made me upset, and it's more of the contenders match and all that other bullshit we do with this contenders bullshit. But we did have the Street Profits, which I thought was going to have a great match against the Usos. It just kind of fell apart at some point, in my opinion, based on the commercial breaks. I felt like I wasn't really interested in it, and I should have been because it was going to be super hot fire in my mind, but it just didn't, and I felt like it just didn't sit well with me because it was a count-out victory. I know what they're doing because the Usos are, like, adjacent to the tribal chief and can't lose, or the tribal chief can't help him because he's, you know, off on a tribal vacation or something, but you could at least... Tribal retreat. The tribal (laughs) retreat. There we go. Everybody on a tribal retreat. I love it. Vacation. Acknowledge his vacation. It could be three to six months. So I just don't like the count out victory is the way that they get a victory over the tag team champions. And now they'll get a tag team shot. Like it doesn't like there are so many erroneous things about the contenders match and any anything you can say here. Like when Becky Lynch said you have to beat the champion to be the champion. But I just I can't for the life of me want to see this at all. I can't. I just can't. Well, it's, it's we've said it a million times with these. Um to you shouldn't have to set up a match with the actual match because it's just like you're giving away what you're trying to sell me right now. You know what I mean? So I have no doubt when these these guys, if they find it money in the bank, it'll be a potential show stealer. It'll be super hot fire because there'll be no commercials. There'll be flippy dippies up the wazoo. There'll be spots. Tez will be killing himself. The Usos will have flying Usos left and right. Dawkins will get the hot tag and it will like Hulk up and Dawkins up and 
it'll the, be awesome. But the Superman. Yeah. 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 I just like, but yeah, the idea of the contenders matches, is the dumbest thing in wrestling right now. Uh, even dumber than some of the shit Tony Khan does. So, um, he has that going for him at least, but it's just, it's so stupid. It's so easy to find another team and just be like, here, fight these guys. And if you beat them, you get a title shot. Like it's not that hard. It really isn't. No, uh, I'm curious where you were going on the heat here. Cause that one really bothered me, but go ahead. So this next thing is heat, obviously, but I fucking thought it was hysterical. Dana Brooke already in the rain taking on uh, Becky Lynch. And then we have, of course, the fucking absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense running out Sawa. Dana wins the title. And obviously, like, Becky's pissed off. She's pissed off. She's like, what the fuck? I was supposed to have a match and you have this shit come out. And she's like, fine, put your title on the line. And I was like, this is a win-win. For me, because I just, I love to watch the world burn. And I was like, either Becky is going to get pinned and lose to Dana Brooke, which is what happened, or Becky is going to win that stupid, dumb, dumb, dumb title. And either way, I am going to laugh and the internet will be mad. Obviously, she got pinned by Dana, which I will say for Dana Brooke, she uh, Instagrammed about it. It's the biggest one of her career. I'm happy for her. That is a cool accomplishment that she can run with, but... I also think it's fucking hilarious. Obviously, Becky's fine. It's not going to matter. Obviously, Asuka was the reason why it happened. We're still there. They're both going to be in the money in the bank, whatever. But I just thought this was just... It's, it was 24-7 title, so it has to be in the heat. But I fucking was laughing my ass off because I'm like, if you like watching the internet burn, like I do, this was for you. I just couldn't get behind it at all. Like I, I, I appreciated that they at least cut to break and then they did the whole thing again where she was like, I'm going to challenge for this championship. And I, I legitimately was just like Aaron and Guthrie, and I thought to myself... Holy shit, she's gonna fucking win this thing and then she's gonna make this belt relevant. And then it uh, know, But uh, no, 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 no. If, the, if there is a person, if there is a person that can take it from the depths of hell, from you know, and rise above and it's make Kelly this, Kelly, I agree. Kelly Kelly. No, no, Jelly Jelly. Former champion. <laughs> right. No, and I, I mean it's it's true, right? Like you you are it's something different. Like Aaron says, it's No, I want Becky would do a great job with this title. And I think that's the thing, like if she made it like not that, like, and here's here's another hope, right? Like, you get to a point where you're like, Becky Lynch could redesign that championship and put, like, I don't know, like, random shades on it and call it somebody and, like, do something bizarre. Like, who wants a green belt? Get that shit out of here. I want a metallic belt or green something. Green like money, though. No, I know, but it's just, like, it's so funny. But, like, all I could think about was she went from big-time Bex, right? And then she loses to Dana Brooke, and now she's in the 24-7 category. I'm just waiting for someone to say, in a promo, you went from big-time Bex to Little League Lynch. Like, I just want him to fucking Ooh, say that. Good. Because that would be so fucking funny. Alliteration. I, I like alliteration. That's and really good alliteration. I do, too. I love alliteration. Little, Little League Lynch. I think that'd be so fucking funny because then she would lose her shit. She would lose her fucking shit. And she would just... You know what? You know what? And like she gets so mad. And again, you're taking somebody away from the title picture. That's, you know, whatever. But then you get to the point where now shit, I want to see her win this championship that nobody nobody wants on television. I think that'd be fun. Like you got to get to a point where these people have to be plug and play, right? And Becky Lynch unfortunately is in a certain category. I mean, she's plug and play cuz she's really good. Right, but I think that she's in a category where like you can't take her out of the the title picture sometimes. And this was at least an instance in where you look at it and you go, no shit, she could, she could do this for a while and you'd be okay with it. You know, like, like it's like, it's not the same thing, but it's almost like when the undertaker won the hardcore championship, it was like against everything the undertaker ever did, but it was interesting, right? Like he had like a, him and Tommy dreamer thing. Like I, I remember all that shit. And I just thought taking somebody out of their element and putting them in this shit would be so funny for me. 
Because she she even said in her promo, she's like, if any of you come in here, I'm going to break your ass in half. And I was like, you know what? I believe that Tozawa would be afraid of Becky Lynch or Little League. Yeah, Lynch. no, I, I definitely wouldn't. I think I, I, I think I said this probably like a year ago when Omos had like nothing to do. I'm like, I think it would be cool if he just gave Omos the 24-7 title. And the story became that they were all too scared to pin him. So he was just the champion for like months literally months because no one would come near him. So like, I think it's kind of the same idea with Becky where it's like, she's more of a big leader and it's like, it's more of an intimidation. Like our truth and Tazawa try to do it. And she like looks at them and they run away. Like, I think that could work like that. Uh, apparently little league Lynch is getting over with the, uh, the buddies over here. It's so that's, great. That's why that's one of the better things you've ever come up with. It's I was, so good. I was, I was on my, I was on my car ride home today. Or, sorry, to, to, to work. And I just thought to myself, like little league, what she's a Lynch Lynch. She's big time Bex. I thought of other ones, but little league just sounds better. Right. It just yeah, sounds better. It's good. And it's a good meme. Triple L. It's a good meme. So I'm curious how you feel about other things that you would like to talk about in the heat. Cedric lost in three seconds to Omos. I got sad. But the weirdest thing was, you know what's going to happen, too, because they cut him off their celebration to do a fucking KP interview with the Dirty Dogs, who are back, are back on Raw, and apparently babyfaces now. And it was just like, we have this, the, the random stage interview, but it never happened because Omos and MVP were mad. So I guess an Omos and MVP are feeding with the Dirty Dogs now. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I felt bad for the production team because they built that stage for that segment. I'm like, nothing fucking happened. I mean, and it was longer than the match. No, I know. But at least the ring's there for other <laughs> matches. This was like built for this moment and it didn't even fucking do anything. And the other thing was like, yay, we're back. Woohoo. And then, of course, like Dolph just kicks MVP and he just like gets caught by Omos. And all I could think about was, really? Handicap match. What, this is what yep. we're doing? We're just yep. like. Feed him. Line him up. Feed him to the big man. Omos is the definition of treading water. Like, and I, well, cause and, they don't, they, that's, that's kind of what I said earlier. It's like, they know they don't have to try very hard with him because they can put them on TV and put them on YouTube and people fucking care. So it's like, he needs to look good after he just finally like Lashley launched himself off of them. It's like, so now he's going to get the fucking tomato cans again. The, the other thing that, that Joe stopper said to me while we were watching a uh, uh, hill in a cell was I was sitting there and I go, here's, here's my, uh, my ask for all of you that listen or, or you're here or whatever. Can you get to a point where Omos needs to win the championship to be considered? Like, is he like, there's a Strowman effect, I guess is the best way to say it is like, how long can Omos go without winning the big one before you feel like he's not a threat or he's not a championship level threat? And Joe was saying to me, well, Andre the Giant didn't really hold the championship. He was just an attraction. Just a draw. lost. So, Big Show had a lot of titles, but most of the time he was just a draw. But I think, but that, so. but I think taking that concept and applying it to nowadays doesn't apply because I feel like to me you're not somebody until you hold the championship or the championship. And Omas feels like somebody that they have high hopes for, but can you last in in a, I don't know, like a gratification feeling like we all want it now, like that's how we live as a society. Can you sit there as Omas continues and think like he's just fucking beating tomato cans? I don't care anymore. Yeah, they need they do at some point, and that's why like I mean, Derry's doing a great job with that U.S. title, but at some point, like I don't know if I ever see Omas as a world champion. I don't know, maybe he'll develop into one, but I just I don't know if I see that. But I could see him as a dominant mid card guy and something like that. But it's just I don't know. Obviously, on SmackDown, we know where that IC title is probably going to go for a long time because that's kind of how you build a future main eventer. Yes. 
Uh, but on Raw, I mean, Theory's not going to hold that thing forever. It's a launching pad for him, but I think he's going to hold it for the near future. So in the short term, it's just like, I don't know if we're getting much more than Omos for tomato cans. Because we kind of talked about this last week being like, unless if Roman comes back for Lashley, I don't know where either of these guys go except for against each other. Obviously, now they are moving their separate ways and they found something for Lashley with Theory. But for Omos, there's like... There's no obvious like baby face from Haman Ra to go against right now. So it's like, oh, we'll just take a tag team and have a couple more handicap matches. Like it's a it's a quick fix, but it's just one of those things. These are gonna be short segments every week for him to throw guys around. We know, I mean, Ziggler's a cell machine. He's gonna fucking put on his working boots to make Omas look great. But yeah, no, I agree. At some point, he does need something in terms of that next step. So Guthrie makes a good point. We got to squash that mindset. Great stories uh, over a championship title match. Just give Omos a good story. Constantly being involved, he's an attraction. So that's fine, Guthrie. You can have your your uh, thought process. I don't that. disagree with that. I just I don't think there's either of those options are available right now. So we're just kind of in no man's land where his segments are probably going to be boring. <sighs> I really hope not because he really in the near needs future. Something. He need he, here's the thing. He needs something. Not MVP. He needs a something moment for him because I'm looking at it like. He's a great, like, you look at him, yeah, he's going to do the YouTube views. Yeah, he's a giant, obviously. Like, he's cool looking. But I need something. I need I need, a, I need, a definitive moment that's like, that's Omas's moment, and I'm good. Then I can live off that for a good six months, right? But we haven't got there. Like, Strowman flipped how many fucking things, right? Like, he had Strowman You ready, WrestleMania? How about... Unbeatable Giant versus Unbeatable Giant. This is for Guthrie. Omos and Veer. I'm waiting for the, the comment to come in. No, honestly, like, I think once Veer squashes the Mysterios, I can see the Mysterios taking on Omos. It's just like, it's kind of what WWE do, does. It's just like, there's not, there's no obvious, like, other big man. And they can't really go to AJ Styles because they've obviously already done that. Um, So I don't know. Like, this is where you wish you had a Big Show or Mark Henry laying around where you could dust them off and be like, hey, for a month, go fight Omos. Because right. that and would at least be good TV. Then. Honestly, Omos would have learned a lot from The Undertaker, I think, too. And I know, no, no, we, I know we don't want to see The Undertaker, but I think he would have. He can, he can show up backstage, you know, but he doesn't need oh, to come Here we out. go. Here we go. <laughs> Veer is one inch taller than me. No. So Guthrie's a size shamer. Well, is Guthrie 6'2"? Gunther's pretty tall. Gunther? Gunther and Guthrie. I don't think there's anything else that you want to get too heady about if you if you want to move on to the hope. Yeah. Time to get hopeful. Would you like to go first or do you want me to go? I'm switching gears, Nestle Media. We're going to AEW. As we saw last week, there was a lot happening there. We had the MJF promo, which, um, you know, here's the thing. If this thing wasn't somewhat of a work, they wouldn't have hit his music and he wouldn't have been allowed to come out and have that much of the show before, whatever. It's... Most of this is a work, people. You know, there might be a little, but it was compelling TV, and I loved it, and I eat that shit up. It was amazing. MJF is amazing. I love it, and I want more. Uh, but then on Friday, CM Punk, uh, we found out he's injured, and unlike Cody, he's not a fighter. Just kidding. That's kidding. I'm obviously kidding. He has a serious injury. He's going to be on the shelf for a while. But instead of stripping of the, the title, they're doing what you kind of see like UFC and boxing do, with where you create an interim champion who will hold a second title until the – Real champion comes back, and then they will fight to unify the titles. So that is what AEW is going to do. Unfortunately, they have the most convoluted process of how we're going to crown this person where it wasn't clear on TV, and they had to put a statement out on Twitter, and it still wasn't clear. But I'll do my best to kind of lay it out. So on Wednesday, to kick off the show, there will be a battle royal where a person will win a chance to 
I guess you have to look at it be in the semifinals of a tournament to crown the interim uh, champion. The winner of this will take on John Moxley in the main event, where the winner will go to a number to a championship match, the interim title match at Forbidden Door, and take on one of the two New Japan people who are fighting, who I don't, I can't remember their names. I'm sorry. And the winner of that will take on likely John Moxley. But this is where my hope gets interesting, WrestleMania, because I want to make this even more ridiculous. You ready for this? So I want MJF to win that battle royal um, and do it. But then, like, them to do a thing where Tony Khan is pissed because he wasn't supposed to be in it and he can't be in it. And somehow MJF steals the win against Moxley and the main event is some bullshit. And they do this big thing where, like, it doesn't count and they have to do it again. Uh, So MJF is, like, the fake interim champion or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, Tony Khan does more matches to determine who will be at Forbidden Door because MJF says, fuck Forbidden Door. I don't give a fuck about you or that. And I'm not helping you sell any more pay-per-views. So you have MJF kind of off in the weeds who has now a claim to the interim title. And then you have Moxley versus Tanahashi or whoever. Moxley wins. So now you have like three AEW interim champions. Um, So Punk comes back and he beats Moxley, but then MJF comes out and says he should be the champion. And then it sets up MJF and Punk. And then MJF eventually becomes the champion. But I want this thing to be so fucking cloudy that everyone gets so mad when we don't know what the hell is going on. And Tony Khan has to keep recreating more matches, but it keeps MJF relevant. It keeps Moxley relevant. It keeps all these things relevant. And it's the most ridiculous thing in the world that, like, I want all our heads to explode. Because you know what? This is already a ridiculous thing to do in wrestling. CM Punk should be stripped of the title. They should crown a new champion. It shouldn't involve New Japan wrestling guys because none of them are in AEW. So it should just be AEW guys. You have more than enough for a roster. But since they're not doing that, let's get crazy. Let's just make it the dumbest thing ever. I'm all for it. Hell, have fucking have Wardlow get involved in this somehow too. So you have like four interim champions. Let's, let's fucking get nuts, WrestleMania. Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. Wanna get nuts? Let's get nuts. Uh, are they, have they announced anybody in the Battle Royal or is it a surprise? Honestly, that, that, that press release made me want to just throw up because I didn't understand it. They could have put out, I don't know, brackets, you know, like brackets. Like, here's the winner of the Battle I would Royal. assume the majority brackets. of the roster who isn't injured or booked on that show will be in the Battle Royal. Brackets. So you'll get your, your Johnny Hungy and all that shit. Give me a bracket. Just <laughs> give me a goddamn bracket. I, I love graphics, and I get really excited for graphics when it's a tournament. Just I know, he pops for the standings every week. For God's sakes, you send out a press release. Get the fuck out of here with a goddamn press release. Good God. And then this whole thing with the Forbidden Door, it's like they had to squeeze in Tanahashi and and, and Moxley because that's going to be the match now, and they just wanted to throw the title on it because that's a thing. And again, I don't think John Moxley needs that championship. I personally think John Moxley is fine without it. And if he's the here's champion, the thing, no, it's going to bore me. No, here's the thing. If you need an interim champion for a few months and we're probably heading towards Mox Punk anyways, I don't mind it because I do think, like, obviously, like, it's going to be a babyface run, so it's going to be is what it is. But he got—he was the guy that got screwed for the pandemic with them, and he held it during the pandemic. So he's so over with the crowd. Him coming through the crowd with the title will be fucking huge reactions every week. You know, for as long as CM Punk's out, he's going to have fucking big, violent matches. There's going to be blood, which, you know, the fans love. And they're yeah. like, oh, blood, blood. It's like when the blood rushes to you, you know. Um, but uh, I think he's the perfect fit for an interim champion. It's just like, it is what it is. Cause like, yeah. if not, who else is it going to be like, unless if you do MJF, like if you want to get real crazy, which they're not going to do, like it's, it's, it's Moxley. It makes perfect sense. And you can jerk him off with this new Japan match that him and like, you know, the deep state of fans want uh, for that pay-per-view whatever. But like, 
don't know. It's ridiculous. So I if, when wait. I see something this ridiculous, just make it the most ridiculous thing in the world. Because if I, you know what? I just, I just imagine he just, Tony Khan's like doing the red yarn and thinking like, what if this, what if this, what if we did this? What if we did this? Friday night, Friday night, Friday night rampage. What if we did this? What if we did this? Samoa Joe! Samoa Joe! Friday night wars, let's go! Jesus. Oh, I'm getting hot. Uh, your boy Bertsky says, can we, can somebody gif that? You talking about his jerk off face? I agree. It's a little bit weird. It was a little weird. I, I, I got to, I mean, the bed's behind him, but that's beside the point. It'll be after I mean, we get to your comeback, you know, I'm just getting ready, people ready We're for that. We're getting hopeful, hopeful. My hope is very specific. Now to bring the boys and girls down back to a regular uh, number. Uh, my comeback, sorry, my hope. Now you got me all flustered. My, 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 my hope is very specific. I'm starting to think here, I'm putting on my detective hat here. I think that Champa, they're not as random as you think. Here's what I propose. Champa's not really doing anything. But if you notice... Champa kind of sticks his nose in somebody's business every single time. So I'm thinking here. I was looking for an SMA. This is where I'm thinking, folks. There's at least been one or two times, maybe even a third time, that Champa actually in the same segment as The Miz. Has Both times he attacked Mustafa Ali was, right. with, the, was with The Miz. So I'm just saying there could be a dip in the water here. To put Champa with the Miz because we know Champa in the ring, Chef Kiss, right? We all love the intensity. But, you know, if you're going to learn from somebody in the WWE, the Miz is the guy. And I, I tweeted out the Miz embarrassed himself for no reason except because he's the Miz on Monday night in his, in his underwear. And Riddle did a great job stripping him down and, and the, you know, the half naked Miz and Maurice and the whole deal. But the thing that I thought of was Champa, not that Champa can be like a heavy for the Miz because he's not taller, but he can be a heavy in the sense of the intensity. And I think that Champa can help the Miz be taken a little bit more seriously. And I think the Miz can help Champa, even though Champa says he's the best sports entertainer that's ever lived, really make him a sports entertainer to the fact that he can teach Champa some stuff. Now, I'm assuming. He could be a hit-for-hire kind of person or whatever, but I think it works with The Miz because The Miz is Hollywood. He could help Champa get to that next level that I'm sure a lot of us are worried about for Champa. Is he going to get somewhere? And I just keep seeing that, and my detective alarm went off, and I thought, there's at least two or three times this has already happened, and The Miz has been adjacent to it or near it. And I just, I can see it. I can see it visually. The Miz does better when he has people behind him. Or next to him. I just think it works. So that's my hope. I think The Miz is going to help Champa. Champa is going to help The Miz. This could be maybe even a good tag team. Who knows? I have no idea. But that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag for the Nestle. Anyway, I'm going to give my comeback because it's adjacent to this. Well, I was going to say, you talked about things that look great standing behind yes. The Miz. I hear I those come in pairs, Nestlemania. Pairs in general. My comeback goes to Maurice because when I saw those things, I mean, her, I just thought to myself, wowzers. Wowzers. You know, um, the dress was uh, what Dom said was the real MVP, but everybody enjoys it. She's back. The Miz and Mrs. I haven't watched, but you know JC over here is going to be watching and telling us how great The Miz Two and Mrs. episodes after Two all, episodes. Last night. I cannot wait to watch them. I mean, I just want to be friends with The Miz. But Maurice gets my comeback for obvious reasons because she did a great job with the uh, the, the, the average size balls. Know that the tiny balls. I thought that was hysterical. Uh, huge balls. Huge balls. Uh, so, again, a nothing segment set up a nothing match. 
But it all came together because Maurice was great. The Miz is great. Riddle did a great job. So great job. She gets my comeback. I was sports entertained. I yeah. enjoyed all of that. And I love both the Miz and Maurice. They're my favorite couple. You know, it is what it is. My comeback, though, WrestleMania, speaking of favorites, my favorite person in AW, now that Cody's not there, so this guy does stand alone. He's back. Machka Miro, the Redeemer, is back on my televisions. They had, I believe they had, like, uh, who's going to face Johnny Elite, this mystery thing. I'm like, I hope Miro comes back and kicks his ass. And WrestleMania, Lana kind of teased it because she said she had a reason to watch Dynamite, but Miro came back and kicked Johnny Elite's ass. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, I don't even know if he'll be in that Battle Royal, but if he's in it, he could be a guy, and then, you know, they'll probably have Moxie Beer in the main event, which whatever. But, like, I love Miro. He is amazing, and I am. I always feel redeemed when he comes back, but uh, he's also the best vignette game of the backstage oh, promos, yeah. as our boy that Joe Stopper says in his articles. So we're going to get those on a weekly basis. We're going to get Miro in the rain. So I'm excited. That's my guy. I'm thrilled to have Miro back on my TV. I Listen, I matched it all over it. I was very excited. I just thought to myself, when I saw him walk in and talk about redeeming, and he's like, I'm going to redeem myself, I'm like, this is great. He speaks in circles. He, he speaks wants nonsense. to fight God, Nestlemania. He says, I've been doing it for you. Now I want to come for you. I was like, yes, yes. I wonder if there's a physical representation of God in his brain that he's going to beat. I don't know. I like, mean, who knows? Vince McMahon fought him. So I just, when I thought about it, I'm like, does he think like he's going to kill somebody? Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird. But again, entertaining. And it's great. And of course, you know, it was right before the MJF thing about the ex WWE guys and then Elite. Johnny it was Lee. perfect. That was yeah. two XWWE guys in the next boom. segment. Next segment. So you know. Tony Khan, as much as we like to shit yeah, on him, he like knows. he's fucking good at some he of this. He gets stuff. it. He gets some of it, you know, and he gets yeah. some of it uh, not us that plays it, but that's fine. Uh, so anyway, that's your comeback, and uh, we get to the big old finish. We are wrapping this thing up because we are way over. Yeah. So I guess we'll just stick on uh, AW quickly there. The battle royal to determine who will face Moxley in WrestleMania quickly. Who do you got against Moxley? I want, I want Matchka now. I I there is there is I I like all of your scenarios, but I feel like. Oh, no, you know what? They're gonna they, they're gonna really care about Miro. They can't do that. So I'm gonna pick. It's gonna be someone like a like a fucking uh, um, Dante Martin or a Jumbo. Oh, it's gonna be God like one Darby it. Allen. No. I think it's gonna be one of those young guys that they can just have lose to Moxley, and it won't matter. I don't think a big name is winning here because here's the thing. You know who's probably not in this battle royal? Hangman, who's fighting David Finley in a separate match in the show. You know what sucks is that Hangman could have just held on to this championship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I but mean, it's, now, it's just like it kind of, it's, you know, it sucks, but this happens sometimes. It's like when Finn won the Universal title, immediately give it up. It sucks, but it happens. Maybe, maybe a 43-year-old man shouldn't be stage diving. I'm just throwing it out there because that's why he got injured. Because he stage dived I mean, like a buffoon. He got injured a million ways, but yes, that was a little unnecessary risk, but he's a baby face. What do you want him to do? Don't dive into the crowd. That's not you that want hard. To five people, you hate that. No. You want to pump up the crowd? Baby you faces hate that. don't You hate need... everything. So let the man dive in the crowd if he wants to. Yeah, and sure. So sure. And then he can tear his ACL off the top rope. Oh, wait a minute. He did that. Just saying. <sighs> Look in my eyes. What do you see? A disappointed Nestle. That's what it is. Yeah, I did that. Uh, I did that. Fuck all y'all. That's what I say. Anyway, so what else we got to need? I... I I, I, I'll I, pick Darby Allen. There's my random like. Give me MJF or give me nothing. That's what I want. I, yeah. you, you, you book I hope he's in it. Maybe it'll be Wardlow, but it would suck no, to watch him lose. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. I agree. Uh, SmackDown WrestleMania actually has three things I'm really looking forward to. We have Ricochet versus Gunther for the IC title. So the the thing that I hope for might be happening this week, or they might have some schmas and play it out. But uh, 
Gunther's the uncrowned IC champion at this point. I cannot wait for you to run around in your tidy whitey underwear and just start screaming because you're so excited for Gunther. I can see you being like at home in your underwear going, you know, doing the Gunther pose. Like, like, it's not even about Gunther. I love Ludwig so much. And I love Ricochet. This match, like, Gunther Ricochet, if they give this time, it is going to be fucking awesome. Put it because in the main event. Gu- Put it in the main when event. When Gunther works with little guys and when Ricochet works with bigger guys and Gunther's very, he doesn't look like the most athletic guy, but, like, some of the shit he does is insane. Like, this match could be a fucking spectacle. His his jump off the top rope always looks like a flying squirrel to me, like, ah, before he yeah. lands, but I love it. I, that, that's the one thing about... Gunther that I like. That's it. And the presentation, great. The the splash, Ophi man, great. Get that chop shit out of here. That's you know all it is. Like, you know what else I like, WrestleMania? I gotta get real close. Max Dupree's new client uh, is going to be revealed at SmackDown. Who you got? If it's Mace, I'm gonna vomit. I, I mean, he's gonna be one, but I... I you ready for this? Because, I mean, I saw the rumors like everyone else. Oh, you no. know who would be a great first client for Max Dupree? Cesaro. I don't hate that. I just don't care about Cesaro. We always have said Cesaro with a manager. No, and I this know. would be perfect. And to do it as a heel would piss the fans off even more. I just, here's the thing. Cesaro is fantastic. But it's just this will he, won't he stuff that they keep doing with us. It's just, I, I've, I've stopped caring. I, I literally have stopped caring about it because it just Sounds doesn't like a matter. personal problem. No, that's me. That's, that's a me thing, bro. That's a me thing. I will own that. I love him inside the ring, but they keep fucking pulling it up and down. Oh, it just up and down, up and down. It's just too much. Kind of like the Mrs. Pants on Monday. Right, right. By rip the way, him, rip them right off. By let's the way, just, I was just... I was upset on commentary when they were talking about a naked Miz, and I'm like, he's still wearing more clothing than he normally does in the he ring. He was actually naked on Miz and Mrs. before, so we've seen naked Miz. Your boy Bertsky over here says Cesaro yawn. I tend yeah, to agree. He tend he's to never agree. liked Cesaro though. He also like dislikes a lot of other people. Bert, well, Bert has some odd, odd tastes. Well, you have some good tastes. Well, okay, LA Knight can make up for any gimmick in the world. That man oozes talent, and charisma, love Max Dupree, says Guthrie. Dupree. So I, uh, I agree that uh, LA Knight uh, is great, uh, but Max who? Dupree, who, who the fuck is he? Who? Uh, so yeah, uh, who the fuck is Josh? Who the fuck is Adam? I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't want it to be Mace. If it's Cesaro, it's not, get, get, get the fuck out of here. It's not Cesaro. It's going to be Mace. Oh, well, you just heard it. Nestle just cursed it. It's going to be It's going to be T-Bar. It's going to be T-Bar. No, no, T-Bar's like a good fucking, fucking man, at least. It's going to be fucking like Monsoor or some shit, but whatever. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake, if it's Monsoor, <laughs> I can't, I, I just, I, none of this is going to go well. That's what I think. None Either, of it's going to go no, well. No, 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 that's where you're wrong. Maximum it's going to go well because it's model. Max Dupree. Maximum model males. He's got to get a tall motherfucker for it to All be right, maximum. Well, how about this? Lacey Evans is apparently going to debut for the third time, but she's back on SmackDown now. Model male. Male model. She's not going to be part of the MMM. It'd have to be MFM. Come on. WrestleMania? But she's Ooh. debuting again for the third time. See, now, now he gets it. Guthrie gets it. Give me the Von Wagner. You're right, Guth. He's already Guff. got two managers. He can't have Big a third. Guff, Big Guff gets me. He just gets me on a level that other people don't. I want Von Wagner to run train on everything and everyone. That's I think right. He wants to run train on. I want the Von Rumble. Wagon train. I want get on the Von Wagon. Woo woo. There's no woo woo in a wagon, but you get it. You get it. Get come on. You're gonna tell me that the Wagner is not gonna be a big deal in the WWE? Vince McMahon is sitting there going, "I Von Wagner when he first gets called up will get a gigantic push." Oh, yeah. Well, like many of the other fucking goons, they get he will probably slowly dissipate into nothing. He, you know Vince McMahon is going to see him and go, I need a thumb. 
with he blonde did. hair. Remember when Six, Von seven. Wagner was Adam Pierce's heavy for one week and then they dropped Nothing. it? Because, yeah. Because Adam Pierce was clearly going to turn heel, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not doing that anymore." I just can't. He just looks like he looks like a thumb with blonde hair, and I can't help myself. It's just get Robert Stone, kick him to the curb, whatever that blonde girl. Fine, if she needs to be part of it for for Max Dupree, let's fucking go. Guthrie, I fucking love it. Let's go. Moving on to everything AEW related, I guess, or NXT. Who? No, goes? we already did AEW. Well, we're going to NXT. Let's go. Uh, In your house was another great show. Uh, takeaways. Didn't understand why Mello won, but I get that we can't have a loss to Mello. I understand. I thought Cameron Grimes did a great job, and it was pretty early in that title reign, so I was hoping that he had a longer reign. Of course, we saw Solo Sequoia getting excited for that. That match is going to be bangers. Well, then, but you kid on. I think Mello Sokoa is the feud. That's why eh. it happened. Mello well, Mello's the, the, the transition to Sokoa. Well, no, no, that's the transition to Sokoa, which probably won't happen in the first match, but it's going to happen. And also, maybe Cameron Grimes is Max Dupree's client after maximum maximum i would imagine tall maximum big it's gonna be face listen it's you're right you know what von wagner has a big face and he's big so ugly though he does look like a foot or a thumb it's fine but that's okay some people just look like that also not models (laughs) that's fair that's fair (laughs) he does have that argument i i can't i can't deny that the thumb can't be a model. It's fine. <laughs> a thumb model. Thumb model. I'm a hand model. I do rings and things. We don't just set the bar. We add a bar. Have we got anything else on this fucking show? Oh, so the Creed Brothers won. Great for them. Julius Creed's clearly a star. Brutus, thanks for coming. Might as well just be background noise. Uh, they treated it that way, at least when I was watching In Your House. I, I'm happy the Creed Brothers won. I'm not a huge fan of them, but it seemed like the crowd wanted it, so... Great. It's just odd that Pretty Deadly didn't hold those long. Because oh, now know. I'm like, what do they do with them? Pretty Deadly needs to go to the main roster. They have every tool they need. There's nothing in NXT with the exception of... They've already learned whatever they need to in NXT UK. It's just applying the American craft here. I cannot say enough about Pretty Deadly. I think they are going to be a generational tag team. I think they are going to be top 10 all time. Oh, yeah. Top 10. Might be number nope. 10 on the list, wow. the top 10. I mean, I like them, but that is insane. I think they're going to be top 10 all time. All wow. time. Yes, boy. Wow. Yes, boy. That's a take. Oh, that yeah. That's a take. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a take. Hopefully that's, you didn't curse these poor guys. That's not oblivion. digging in. That is that is that is like oh, six feet in, baby. This has the potential to be the biggest curse of all time. Oh, you're yeah. bigger on them than you were Alistair Black, oh, Apollo yeah. Crews, oh, and all yeah. the careers you I can't, I, I can't well, help myself. It took Raquel a whole year to shake off your stank. Is she still shaking the stank? It don't no, matter. No, she's fine now. She's on the main roster smiling and backing in that whatever. All right, can we just... Uh, no, we have a card this week. Oh, uh, well, I thought you wanted to talk about In Your House. It was a great show. The six-man tag was actually probably the highlight for me. That match was awesome. Uh, D'Angelo family got bigger. But uh, we have Tiffany Stratton versus Roxanne in the finals. Uh, I think Roxanne will win. We have Briggs taking on your boy Von Wagner, and I don't give a fuck match. And Alba Fire... My girl taking on my girl Tatum Paxley. I'm excited for that one as well. I got so angry when I was watching uh, the backstage segment with Pax and uh, and Lash, and all I could think about was shut the fuck up, Lash. Like I I don't even want to see Lash. She's on a my heel. Television. She did her job. No, then. I know, but it was just like there's something about her where I don't want her on my television. I don't know what it is, but like I when I was watching the other women behind her, I was like the other women behind her are are more captivating than Lash. Can't do it. 
Swipe swipe away from it. I can't. Here's the thing, though, Nesamania. Lash has more charisma than all of them combined. Sure. And I, you know what? The charisma factor will translate over. I understand yeah. that. It's not for me. It's not for me. And I'm okay with that. But again, Roxy's going to win. Big boom. She's going to be the face of the franchise. And then Mandy Rose can figure out whatever else she wants to do. She's probably going to be the one to beat the measuring stick, Mandy Rose. I think the Von Wagon is going to bro right through everybody. I think we're Von Wagon to Steinerville at some point. It's going to happen. Uh, and it's going to happen real hard, and I'm going to be really excited about it because Mr. Braun Breaker is going to get stopped by the wagon, and I can't wait for it. My team's a wagon! And then, what was the last thing you said? Oh. Um, Alba Fire and Tatum Alba Paxson. Fire, Pax. I love, I, I, I love I, that gimmick. I, I, I have a soft spot for Pax. I don't know what it is about her. She's just likable. I like it. I like I, it. I really like her, too. Well, yeah, you like her because I can't see your hands, but for me, I like her because... My hands are in the sky. Well, I don't know. Earlier, Bert was talking about your GIF, uh, you're jiffing yourself there. I don't well, know. Well, I was I'm mocking the internet, WrestleMania. Come on. Uh, and getting a pleasurable hand job or something under there, too. Excuse me? Well, you that's what you were doing. You were masturbating over there. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Anything else? I'm very tired. No, I think that's all that's booked on the show, honestly. Uh, hopefully, uh, Dynamite and, and Rampage will do some fun more stuff. I, I don't fucking know. Whatever. They'll anyway. have more interim champions because that's what we them. need. God fucking More champions. Had the six-man tag belts. Hell, AEW should have women's tag titles since WWE's not going to have them anymore. Uh, by the way, that's how, that's how you can tell the difference between the Sasha and Naomi situation and the MJF situation. One is completely ignored, and they went out of their way to try to paint them as the villains, whereas the other one is like playing it up and having him on TV and playing his music every week. Just think about that. Don't call your, your boss a fucking mark. I mean, that's really all we have to say there. On that I note, mean, that, that was great. On that note. Do we all wish we could do that? I'd love to call my boss a mark. Not my direct boss, but like the boss boss. Well, you just did, kind of. I can clip it off and send it to him. I don't think he's listening. Well, you never know. People watch. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. And probably no Cody. No adrenaline. No adrenaline in my soul. Just sad and tears. Yeah.